Over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is! When I'm driving the car, I get to choose the radio station. There's a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. That's what the Starship's all about. That's why we're aboard her. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Baby sister, I was born game and I intend to go out that way. And for those of you who have been with us for, for 17 years, that is the uh, kind of intro that uh, you were used to for the longest time. Uh, Lizard Wallace was my, my partner in slime. And uh, Lizard is in Alberta right now, and he will be one of our special guests this morning, one of our many. Uh, Kyle Milroy uh, followed in uh, Lizard's illustrious uh, footsteps. Kyle Milroy, famous for his radio art, uh, the Milroy montages. And I've got the um, distinct honor and privilege of having Kyle in master control today. We've got lots of very interesting guests coming up. Some are so-called VIPs, the so-called important people. And then some of my favorite people, the one who ones who aren't household names, some people call them the little people. I just call them my friends and my fellow Winnipeggers. And so we'll have a, a mix for you throughout the day. As you probably know by now, I'm the luckiest person on the planet. And in my final farewell remarks, which I'll make at approximately 11.40 this morning, I'll tell you why in, in my own way uh, I am. Uh, we've got lots of people on, on Twitter saying that uh, it's going to be a bit of a, a tearjerker. Um, I, I guess it might be that way. I must admit to you, when I uh, started uh, thinking about it uh, this morning, uh, there was uh, a little bit of a moisture going on. But that's at 11.40 this morning. In the meantime, I do want to have a lot of fun with our guests, uh, starting off uh, with a person who represents all of us in this community. So I thought it would be the appropriate way to begin. And that's Brian Bowman, the mayor of the city of Winnipeg. Mayor Bowman, welcome. Good morning. Honored to be here. Can you recall the first time you were on the show, uh, what was said, uh, how it felt? <laughs> uh, truth be told, I think I was scared to death um, because uh, you, uh, you don't let people off. You make sure they actually answer the questions. And, uh, you know, I think probably my first time was, uh, was probably when I was a lawyer and uh, it was probably a privacy law story. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember, um, you know, absolutely uh, being... Uh, uh, intimidated and in awe, and and I still am. It's uh, it's it's always great to be here with you. When I had you on with Mrs. Bowman and the kids, yeah, yeah. I was given a lot of heck for that by friend, friends of mine. Uh, they thought that I was way too tough on you. Did did you and your your wife think that I was way too tough? Oh, not at all. I I, I mean. You know, listeners can always be the judge and everybody's going to have opinions, but uh, uh, that was, uh, you know, that was the first time, uh, I think the only time that uh, Tracy and I have done an interview together and uh, it was, uh, it was, it was very special for, our, for, for both of us just because we've been uh, listeners and, uh, and fans of yours for, uh, for all 17 years. And um, no, I, I didn't, I didn't think you were, you were overly tough. I thought you asked some good questions. You know. I really, really like you and Tracy and your family. And, you know, sometimes I wonder because I just, 
you know, run by the seat of my ass here and I, uh, you know, <laughs> listen to what people say and uh, that makes me curious and I sort of respond to what they say. It's uh, what we call, you know, stream of, of consciousness. I don't, uh, yeah. as you can see, I don't bring in a bunch of script and a, yeah. and a bunch of questions. I want to have a conversation with you. No, no different than if you and I were at the, the Pony or Sal's or, or wherever having a conversation. And, that, and that's why this show works the way it does. But I sometimes wonder whether I'm sometimes much tougher on people I really, really like, like you and Tracy, than others. You, you could be more objective. You ever, you ever, you ever find me uh, tough on people who you know that I, I really like, I really admire? That's a great question. You know, you know what? I, I've always thought that you've been, uh, you've been fair with, uh, with the listeners. And uh, for me, when I'm, I'm doing interviews, uh, you know, it's, it's really not about you and I. It's about, it's about being truthful and honest with the listeners who I, I think you, you take the responsibility to ask the tough questions and, and have an honest conversation. I mean, the thing that has always struck me about you is uh, uh, you work very hard and that shows in, in the product that you put to air and, um, and you're, you're honest. Um, so you do ask the tough questions, the questions probably most people are thinking. So here's the, the question I've, I've got for you. Um, during the campaign, uh, you made almost no mention. If you, if you made mention, it was very, very infrequent, but almost no mention of something that is incredibly important to you, and that's uh, your family of origin and your heritage. Uh, I'll never forget yeah. how I felt uh, when you stood up uh, for your family and your heritage after you became Mayor, when you made that declaration about you being a, a proud Métis and you want your, your kids to be proud of their heritage. And that meant everything to me. But I'm not leaving town until I ask you why you weren't... Forthcoming might not be the, the, the right word here. Um, a little more upfront about that during the campaign. Well, I don't agree with you on uh, on that. I think I was upfront. Uh, I've always been open and very proud and vocal of uh, of my my pride and my heritage, uh, and I I want that for everyone, regardless of your background. Um, did I put it in the brochure? Did I put it on the website? Uh, no, uh, because I you know at the end of the day, I'm a Winnipegger first and foremost, and. I, uh, you know, the campaign, you know, my campaign slogan was for Winnipeg. It was about Winnipeggers. It wasn't about me and it never has been about me. It, it shouldn't be about me, any one individual. Um, I'm just uh, part of uh, a, a group of people that, that want to make a difference, yourself included in the community. So for me, the, uh, you know, what my, uh, my family heritage was, you know, it came up, we had 31 debates and probably a third of the debates, the question was asked and I was very vocal and I've, and I've, it's been like that for, for decades for me in terms of, uh, uh discussions and conversations, but, um, I'm a Winnipegger first and foremost. And you're, you're, it is one of those issues where some will want you to be more vocal. Some will say, why are you even talking about it? And, uh, I just tried to be like, I've always been, I'm all open and honest about it, but not going to run on that. I don't think that's why people should vote for anyone based on, uh, on their race. You have what in the political business, media business, we call likability. Uh, I don't know anyone who doesn't like you. Uh, you're impossible not to like. Uh, there's just something there. Uh, it's in your eyes. It's in your smile. It's in your heart. You're the kind of person that even if you make a mistake here and there, uh, people are going to forgive you, I think, because they're going to feel that your heart is in the right place. Where does that come from? Well, it's probably probably the same as it is for you. I mean, I, not everybody agrees with your opinions. I mean, you got some pretty strong opinions. 
But at the end of the day, what people like is you work hard and you're honest. And, and that's what I try to do in, in my public life. I try to do that in my personal life too. I mean, no, not one, nobody's going to agree with every decision that I make as mayor. How could you? There's so many decisions you have to make. But I want people to respect the fact that I'm working really hard and I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to be honest with people. Um, you know what? I, I think, it, you know, to be personal about it, I mean, um, I feel very privileged to have the life that I have. I feel privileged to have, a, I, I think, a beautiful family. My, I, you know, I, I love my wife. I love my kids, my friends. I feel really lucky to be in the role that I'm in right now. And uh, there isn't a day that I've entered City Hall where I haven't felt honored and humbled to be in that role. And I don't ever want to lose that feeling because I think if, 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 I, if I do, I think then I become part of the problem. You know how much this community means to me. I just want to thank... All of the people in this community and anywhere else in the world who encouraged you to go into public service, I want to thank them as publicly as possible. Thank you for encouraging Brian Bowman and Tracy Bowman uh, to be on, on this journey. And thank you, Mr. Mayor, for serving. Well, thank you, uh, Charles. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a bittersweet day because, uh, you know, I, I was joking off air with you saying there's a, there's been a... I'm sure a lot of politicians over the years who would love to be in my position to see you leave town. Um, and I, I say that in jest, but... Uh, no, you don't. The, pre- the, premier, <laughs> the premier has got to be loving this moment. But you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for Winnipeg. You've been... Uh, and, and part of the reason that I ran was because of people like you who actually give a damn, who care about the community, who wear their heart on their sleeve, and uh, and, and really don't encourage apathy. And uh, I think that's why everybody that I know who runs for office that uh, contributes in a public way and puts themselves out there, you know, you, you don't, you don't jump into public office for the, the fame or fortune. You do it because you, you want to make a difference. And there's people like you for, for year after year after year who, who actually kind of raise the bar in terms of getting people involved and getting people to, to care enough to put themselves out. You know, the other day when the uh, Free Press was interviewing me and portions of the interview are, are online right now, they did a piece and I thank them for doing that and there'll be more in the Free Press uh, online. There's a Free Press a videographer and photographer here right now, as a matter of fact. And when the question was asked of me, do I think this is a better place than it was 17 years ago? I said, well, of course it is. And I talked about the things that we often talk about on this air. We talked about... Uh, I've talked about the diversity and more cultural events, and it's becoming a a big city, and I'm I'm so damn proud uh, of this city. But when it comes to specifics, I was thinking about the MTS Center and and, and the Chipman family and and the Jets and and our new stadium, which was just a few minutes away from where I was living. And I was also thinking of you and Tracy. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for being Winnipeggers. You had lots of choices, just as many of us have had uh, to be elsewhere. Uh, you chose to come to Winnipeg. You choose to serve Winnipeg. I'll be in touch, and I'll be rooting for you every day. Thank you. So will I. And uh, I just want to say, uh, I, I know I know I've heard you on air this week talk about how Winnipeg will always be home. And uh, I just want to say on behalf of Winnipeggers and uh, certainly my, my council colleagues that uh, you'll always be a Winnipegger. You'll always be welcome. And I, I, I wish nothing but the best for you and Jackie and, and for Sid. Don't be a stranger when you come to Vancouver. Yeah, I, I won't. And I have something for you uh, to, to take home and, and enjoy with, uh, with Jackie and, and Sid when you get a chance. So um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks for everything that you've done for the community. I know you won't be a stranger as well. And, uh, you know, just uh, it's, it's going to leave a hole that's going to be hard to, to fill. 
not ha- hearing your voice every day. And uh, I know there's a lot of Winnipeggers who are we're, we're not looking forward to this day, myself included. But uh, you'll always be welcome back here in Winnipeg. Good luck and Godspeed, Brian Bowman. Thanks very much, Charles. Devon Ross is our political analyst, and I, I got him to drive all the way from, from Brandon, and I can't thank you enough for being here. Oh, no, no. This is a, an honor to be here, Charles, and uh, I, I'm really glad to be here. Dev, uh, you and I uh, community, communicated a long time ago about uh, some things that were uh, personal and uh, professional, and uh, you won my heart. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, you know some, some, some good things have happened along the way. Uh, do you want to share any of that? Yeah. It, it, uh, I mean, Charles, uh, you've made a, a huge difference in my life, and uh, uh, it's a matter of public record that uh, 20 years ago, uh, I was uh, I was a practicing lawyer, and I was convicted of uh, two counts of fraud and uh, disbarred, and uh, subsequently learned that a massive amount of evidence had been not disclosed at my trial. That two people who had been crown witnesses had actually confessed in writing, and uh, and that we had never been told. And uh, it's been a twenty year struggle to to clear my name. We are literally on the one foot line, and uh, none of that would have happened if you hadn't given me the encouragement literally 17 years ago and put me on the path to, uh, um, to what's been a very long and, and, and difficult and expensive struggle. But if it wasn't for that, that first shove that you gave me, Charles, uh, uh, none, of, none of everything else that happened would have happened. As you know, I was uh, born in a different part of the world um, in the crucible of injustice. Injustice was visited upon my ancestors uh, injustice is not theoretical with me. And so, you know, why, why am I crazy about Mike McIntyre? And I tweeted about this yesterday. Uh, you know, when, when, when you know what injustice yep. tastes like uh, and you've been raised by people who've been forced to sip from, from that chalice, uh, it's impossible for me uh, not to respond to Devon Ross and your life. Well, I appreciate that. And, and you know, within the next few weeks, uh, the people of Manitoba are going to see what really happened in my case. And they're going to find that um, that it's not the exception and that it could happen to anybody um, based on some of the policies that are still in place. And I think it's going to, um, when they see the evidence, it's going to be very disturbing. We've never got enough time on the show, whether it's a farewell special show or not. There's never enough time. Give me uh, your just quick visceral take. You're our political analyst on what happened and didn't happen last night. If you could do that for me in less than a minute, I, I, I can do that. that. I, uh, I watched it intently and I watched it, uh, portions of it with the volume turned down, just to watch the body language. Uh, and frankly, the biggest winner last night was Paul Wells. Uh, the best, um, he's, he, he seemed to have the best grip on the facts. And uh, um, I think that the big, Stephen Harper performed pretty much as you would expect him to after, after 10 years as prime minister. He's experienced in these types of events, but um Justin Trudeau, I think, exceeded what were very low expectations. I think he, within about three seconds, he established a comfort level and, uh, for the most part, uh, performed better than than many people expected. He had a better grasp on the issues. Elizabeth May was happy to be there, and she was literally dropping bombs all night long. Not that it'll have much much of an impact on her support, but the the odd one was was Tom Mulcair. Uh, his performance was was surprising surprisingly wooden. It wasn't. Uh, it was as if I think he was overprepared, and I don't think we saw the real Thomas Mulcair last night. And I think it—I think his performance—I um, think it's—it's it's hurt hurt the NDP standing. Who does round one go to? Well, you measure it based on expectations. I think it's—I uh, think 
Trudeau did well based on the low expectations he had. I would call it a, a close, rough tie between Harper and Trudeau last night. But Thomas Mulcair has some homework to do. Oh, man. he uh, I, I don't know what that... I don't know if that was Thomas Mulcair. That's not the Thomas Mulcair that I know and that I've seen uh, years over performing so well in question period. That wasn't him. The real Tom Mulcair needs to show up at the next debate. I think Thomas Mulcair has a lot of people in his ear. There's a lot of people in his head. I'm not pretending to root for him. I'm just looking at it as a professional. He, you know, I, I, who is this guy? This who? happens in politics. You know, I've been in debates and I've prepared candidates for debates. Yeah. And ultimately, when uh, when the debate starts, you have to be yourself. You have to. And I think for a moment there, I think for two hours last night, Tom Mulcair um, kind of lost who he was, and he was being the person that all his consultants. We're telling him to be, and I think he needs to just step back, remember what got him there, remember what's, what has worked in the past, and just be himself. Entrances matter, but exits really matter. I thought Justin had a very good exit last night. I think he did. I think, you know, he, he was comfortable with the camera. He was, he was well prepared, but the emphasis with him and with his campaign right now is, is on being genuine. Yeah. And I think he was, he was very authentic last night, and you could see just from... From the opening uh, shot where they had the Paul Wells and the four the four uh, debaters, uh, he appeared the most physically comfortable, and I think he uh, he he started well. He had he had a couple of rough patches in the middle on C fifty one. Oh yeah, and but I think he finished well. And uh, you can't win you can't win an election with a debate, but you sh- you can sure lose one. And he didn't lose it last night. But Mulcair did. It, it, it there's a good possibility. Yeah, and the prime minister was the prime minister. Same, you know, he's as Solid as a rock, he's consistent. That's 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 who he is. What you see is what you get with Stephen Harper, yeah. and it was consistent. All right. Devin Ross, 30 seconds, you get the last word. You know, um, I heard your first show here sitting with Peter Warren on your first day uh, of Adler Online, and, and I listened to the entire show, and the, the politeness and the respect that you showed for, for Peter on his final day here, and the politeness and respect that you've shown for every guest uh, and for all Winnipeggers, you've chronicled 17 years of this city and this province and this nation's history, and you've seen it all, and you, you've, you've educated people. Uh, I think you've done a wonderful service to the community. There's, there's, this is a, it's a sad day for me because I think this is, you know, it, it's a loss, and, uh, and uh, it's a sad day for me personally because you've been a wonderful friend, and you are a wonderful friend, and you always will be, and, and uh, I owe you so much. And I think a lot of Winnipeggers owe you. You've helped so many people, and, and nobody even knows it. You've got a family with a number of people who have fought, who have served for this country. Yeah. If not for them, my parents and I would not be alive. So I want to thank them through mm-hmm. you. I want to thank the Ross family and all the families who have done what the Ross family has done for all of us. Thank you so much for this. Oh, no, Charles, thank you. It's our special farewell to Winnipeg show after 17 years. At approximately 11.40 this morning, I'll be making some very special, at least I hope you'll find them, as special as, as I think. There's some, there's some tough stuff in there, and you know me. Hell, you, you know, what do you... What do you expect? It's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be Mr. Dress Up. So at a little little after 11.40, I would ask you to ask your your, your family, your, your neighbors uh, to be joining us. Yes, this is the modern world. It'll all be available in a podcast. But there's nothing like uh, connecting with someone in real time, live time, radio time. So a little after 11 this morning, my final farewell monologue uh, to Winnipeg here on 680 CGOB.
Mike McIntyre, Mr. Crime and Punishment, will be joining us in just a few moments. But first, um, a man who this entire community counts on 24-7 to keep us safe. And I'm thrilled uh, that he's agreed to be on our our final show, Chief Devon Clunas, the Winnipeg Police Chief. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Good morning. It's my pleasure to be with you today, Charles. We've... uh, Never got much time on the, this program uh, because uh, we always have lots of guests and lots of lots of things to talk about. Uh, my predecessor used to say it's time to get down to business. I thought that was a, a wonderful way of putting it. So, Chief, um, in the few moments that uh, we are lucky enough to have access to you, I know you're a, a very busy person. I just want to give you a, a chance uh, to speak uh, to Winnipeggers through this uh, community microphone about what this, this show means to you. Well, I, I will tell you what it means to me. Uh... On a daily basis, uh, we tune into you, and I think truly you bring the voice of the city to our citizens. Uh, what I appreciate about your show is that truly you report the news. I think some shows try to make the news, but you report the news in a very integral fashion. And I think it's a very sad day for many of our citizens, for our city, and I can tell you it's a very sad day for one of your number one fans, that being my mom who listens to you on a daily basis, and truly, Chuck, she's in mourning right now uh, because <laughs> of what you mean to the city and what your show means to our citizens. A big shout-out uh, to the great uh, Mrs. Clunas, that great lady who, who gave you life. Uh, Chief, uh, you first uh, got on, on my radar when I thought you were being unfairly picked on uh, because uh, you had been a chaplain and yes. you talked about uh, your faith. And to me, uh, your, your family and your faith um, are precious and I don't, to this day, understand why you were picked on. My, my supposition is uh, that your mom, uh, the great Mrs. Clunas, might have agreed with me. Oh, 100%. And you know what you said? I think I was picked on for a very good reason. Because since that day, there probably has never been as much uh, conversation relative to faith and community as we have seen over the last three years. And I can tell you on an ongoing basis, people engage me on those specific topics. And I think it's brought our community closer. Uh, it hasn't certainly uh, driven us apart from one another. God bless Winnipeg, and God bless Chief Clunas and his mom. Thank you so much. All right. Godspeed to you, my friend. Take care. Bye-bye now. Mike McIntyre, I was uh, sharing earlier with uh, Devon Ross that uh, because of my heritage, uh, my background, and, and, and the faith of my family and ancestors, um, we know what injustice is all about. And that is probably... Uh, the number one reason why I've been so attracted uh, to you professionally and, and personally. I cannot think of anyone that I've worked with in more than 40 years uh, that I've been in the, the coal mines of broadcasting uh, who has spent as much time and given as much of himself to the victims of injustice. Well, and that's unfortunate, isn't it, Charles? We have so much material to talk about uh, over all these years, uh, so many victims, so many cases. But uh, you're right, it's been a, an absolute honor and privilege. You've uh, you've given me a voice and you've given victims a voice. Uh, just bringing me on, as you have so many times over the years, uh, to talk about the, the important stories, the important crime and justice stories. Uh, that's a great public service. And I know I often hear when I sort of go back into the field, uh, people recognize me from being on this program more than anything and, and talk about the impact that you've had on uh, on bringing some of these issues to light. And, and in that sense, uh, you know, the service you provided has been invaluable. So there I am uh, reading the Winnipeg Free Press, and I don't know who 
Mike McIntyre is, but <laughs> um, there was a, a story uh, that uh, you told, and it was connected to a crustacean. And I want you to recast the story because it, it earned you a name that I think you're taking to your grave with you. Absolutely. Uh, it may be on, on the headstone. Um, yeah, this was the first time I think I'd have to go back and look. I'm guessing it was in the er, you know very early 2000s, shortly after you, you came to the city. Uh, and I had done a story about a guy, uh, a convicted drug smuggler who actually was accused of continuing his smuggling efforts now behind bars at Rockwood Jail. He was smuggling in lobster and, and uh, T-bone steaks. The lobster was sort of the big hook, of course, the idea that prisoners were dining on lobster. You had me on the show for First time, I didn't know what to expect, uh, and we had a blast. I mean, it was probably good. It was sort of a lighthearted story, and yes, as you were prone to do, I'll never forget being called by your producer, a lizard, and I think raven. I'm like, who is this yeah, flock had, yeah, of— our, our, uh, our uh, content producer was yeah. <laughs> her real name was Sherry, but who, who cares? I mean, uh, <laughs> for whatever reason, I can't remember why uh, she became a Raven. Uh, Kevin uh, became uh, a lizard that had something to do with uh, li- the Lizard King. Yes, uh, his hero in, in music, Jim Morrison of the Doors. So there was always a, there was always a method to the madness. And, and I he- knew I knew I had probably gotten in your good graces when you gave me a nickname. You didn't give everybody a nickname, but as soon as I heard that you had branded me the Lobster Boy, a name that stuck with me, I'll never forget, running the Manitoba Marathon a few years after that and uh, nearing the end and running out of gas, somebody from the crowd shouts out, Go Lobster Boy! Uh, you know, it was it was great, and it stuck with me ever since, and uh, I'll never forget it. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, this is Canada, and uh, based on my experience in other countries, for some reason, um, we nickname people we more do. than people. I, I don't exactly know why, except I guess we're, we're maybe more casual than people elsewhere. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and usually the nicknames aren't very creative. You and I are sports fans, right, yeah. Charles? So usually they're just an extension. You know, if your last name's Smith, you become Smitty yeah. uh, or Chuck or Big Mac. That was always my nickname in school, but I prefer Lobster Boy. I was on a plane many years ago with a businessman, and it was his uh, private plane. And um, he wasn't the one who invited me. It was uh, somebody else, and we were just using his plane that day. And I don't know whether he was into the sauce or, or what it was, <laughs> but um, he, he decided to say, by the way, do you know that you're Manitoba's biggest arsehole? That's what he says to me. <laughs> so I said, well, if it makes a difference to you, why don't you just nickname me arsehole for the rest of the flight? And, of course, but by the time the flight was over, it's kind of like uh, we, we, with, our, with our listeners. You know, they, they start out hating you. By the right. time the flight was over, we were fine. One of the reasons I bring that up is because in the business that we're in, they call us all kinds of names. They also say all kinds of things about us that aren't true. Some of those things even end up on, on newspaper uh, websites. I'm not trying to pick on the free press uh, specifically here. But sometimes underneath the column, people say things that are just outrageous and, and just not true. You can't be in this business, and you can't be doing what you're doing. I talk about the, the, the coal mines of broadcasting. I mean, you're as deep in the dungeon as it gets with the, the grimiest, most dangerous folks. You can't do what you do without having a skin that's thicker than Manitoba. Absolutely. And, you know, Charles, uh, as we sort of say for farewell here for now, that's one of the lessons I think that you've instilled in me more than anything as a friend, as a mentor. Um, you know, your work ethic, second to none. Uh, the way you dig at a story, second to none, and all of those are lessons I've taken. But that thick skin and combining sort of compassion with with that thick skin is something that uh, I know I've certainly taken away and, and has helped me going forward in my career. And it's all thanks to you. 
If you don't talk about Chaz, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> yes, my lovely bride, Chastity, my daughter, Bella, are here with us today. And Chastity, I think, met you the first time. You actually came over to our house one day for dinner. And I'll never forget, this was shortly after the lobster boy. I think she was going to cook you lobster. She was, and, and you actually just wanted her spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, you she, turned she, down she, lobster, Charles Adler. Because, because I just had a feeling that her passion <laughs> was for the spaghetti, and I heard about the great uh, spaghetti sauce, and I love you, Chaz. I love you, too. Thank you so much for having us in here today. What do you want to say about, uh, about your husband, about, oh. uh, about Winnipeg, about anything at all? I just want to give you some freedom of speech here. As you know, I'm kind of big on freedom. Wow, well, that's very much appreciated. Um, my husband's the hardest working man I've ever known. And uh, to have him share time with you on the radio has meant a ton to us. Being at his book launches and speaking and uh, promoting him in the way you have has always really meant a lot. But your support of me as a mom and our kids, I'll never forget the day Bella was born. We emailed you and it was uh, it was just like telling a, you know a friend and an uncle and not just someone that Mike talks to on the radio. I'm crazy about the, the McIntyre family and I just want to say to you, uh, Chaz, and if I cross the line, just, you know, um, hit me or something. But Never. Um, Mike McIntyre isn't just a terrific storyteller and a, a great writer, and he's not just a, a good human being. Um, he's a great husband. Uh, Without doubt. My uh, father was the most loyal, devoted husband I ever met. I said the other day about, you know, what, what matters to me most. We had uh, Mike Grosvenor in. And it was uh, Mike Grosvenor's uh, last day, and I, I talked to him about, uh, you know, what matters to me most. The people are going to call me names that are, are accurate. And uh, the number one thing I want to be known as is, is a husband. And on that level, you know, beyond the journalism and everything else, uh, it's, it's on that level that I love your husband the most. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, uh, I'm happy to share that with you. Mike McIntyre, last word. Charles, um, Winnipeg loves you. Uh, I love you. I'm going to miss you dearly. Um, you've helped me so much. And, uh, you know, obviously we'll be in touch. This is just one chapter of, of many in the journey. But uh, all the best and, and to you and your family. I talked about uh, the so-called uh, VIPs and the household names. And they're going to be balanced on, on this program by the people I care about uh, the most. And that's uh, the people who've been helped out by this Community Microphone here at 680 CGOB, and it was a community microphone long before I got here. I stand on the, the shoulders of giants, and uh, they include uh, Peter Warren, who came before me. Richard Cloutier was a very, very big part of this community microphone for a number of years. He's a huge part of this radio station. Next hour, he'll drop by as well. Minister Jason Kenney, and in my opinion, a future Prime Minister, will be dropping by a little after uh, 10 o'clock. But I want to spend a couple of uh, moments here uh, with some people who I think have appreciated access to you. Uh, one is uh, Linda Skinner, and the other is uh, Chris Malloy. And uh, Chris, if I could just uh, begin with you. you. You contacted me the other day, and I was uh, refreshed that uh, you gave me some some encouragement that, that that something that you did on this program might be helping some people. Thank you uh, for having me back on the show. Um, I'm happy to report that since being on the show, 
Last year, I've met with Arlene Wilgosh a number of times, and she... Winnipeg Regional Health Authority. Yes, and that was as a direct result of the show. Um, We have reached a solution so that there's clear communication now between the ER doctor and the radiologist so they can catch any discrepancies. Um, And I've been assured that this new protocol is in place in Winnipeg, and they're looking at using it in the province as well. Um, and you contacted us because your sister from out of town was, was visiting, and I want you to just to give us a, a little bit of that story as to where oh, all this came well, from. I contacted you because my sister had stage 4 cancer, uh, lung cancer, and uh, she had been admitted to emergency at Concordia Hospital. And during her time there, she was rushed back. Uh, she had a, a leave. She was rushed back. Uh, in an ambulance, and at that time, the doctor that she saw um, sent her for a scan because she had a seizure, and he assumed that it was uh, due to a brain hemorrhage because her cancer had metastasized to her brain. Um, It was later discovered, uh, four days later, I started making inquiries and wanted to see the report, and it was discovered that the report had never reached um, her chart nor had the ER doctor found out what the results were. So no one was aware that it was not indeed a brain uh, tumor or a, a brain hemorrhage. So um, as a result, uh, everything that had been done thus far for my sister um, couldn't be undone, and uh, she did pass away 12 days after and you got so, some you got some comfort uh, in honor of your sister from uh, the WRHA from from Arlene Wilgosh, the, the CEO at the, at the time, and she was on the show as well. And um, so this this program, this this community microphone, gave you the reason to to contact me and and say that in in, in a situation that is as dire and desperate as this one, we did make some. We did make some mileage here for, for future people. We don't know how many people will be kept alive because communications will be more efficient and better and more professional because of the demise of your sister and, and what her sister has done for her. Yes, that's very true. And I, I can't tell you how grateful I am um, to you and your producer, Tristan, uh, for allowing me to come on the show Um the gratitude that my family and I feel is just incredible. Uh, I struggled for almost four years with very little to show from my efforts um, until Tristan called me. He received my email, felt that it was important enough to speak to you about, and you decided to have me on the show, and that really got things rolling. Um, and I really feel that you've provided the people of Manitoba with a forum uh, to voice their concerns and opinions, and to initiate improvement. And that's so incredibly important because change starts with the little people. Linda Skinner, you contacted us, and I want you to tell us a little bit about what, what story was in the news, what was going on that, that made you come to this community microphone, CGOB. I contacted you, Charles, because I had been a support youth care worker in with Child and Family Services, with Child and Family Services, um, indirectly through Drake Menox. And um, what I was, saw and experienced with the children housed in hotel rooms 
and so on and so forth. And I had, early in years gone by, I had to try to open doors and have someone listen to me, and no one did. I was always getting a closed door. But um, you, Charles, opened the window. And having done that, I am of the firm belief, having given me a voice and putting it out there to people that, uh, the listening audience that are maybe very unaware, of course, when when they're not um, dealing with that sort of situation themselves, um, you also offered a voice and took away the fear factor, I believe strongly, uh, for the children and youth in care that they can also come forward now. And without you, it wouldn't have happened. Linda Skinner, thank you so much for giving voice to those voiceless uh, children. And uh, I just want to... I want to thank you as well for giving a voice to your sister you. and to so many people. We don't know who their names are, but we know they're going to benefit from, from what you did. Absolutely. Thank you both.